Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse, Golf Bumpley's weekly look at the various different events around the world in golf. Today we preview the first golf major of this bizarre year as TPC Harding Park in San Francisco hosts the PJ Championship. guys, it's Brooks Kepka. Uh, I just wanted to welcome you guys to the Golf Monthly Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse, brought to you by our friends at Titleist, the number one ball in golf. For more, visit titleist.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse. My name's Tom Clark and this week I am joined by Elliot Heath. Hi Elliot. Hello. <laughs> Hello, is that all you got? Okay. Fantastic. <laughs> and also Nick Bonfield. How are you doing, Nick? I'm well, thanks. And I've noticed actually in the past, Elliot never asked how you are. So I'm going to ask, how are you, Clazer? I'm that's very kind of you, Nick. Um, I'm fine. I'm, I'm doing very well. It's Monday. It's the first Monday major that we've had. It's fantastic. Uh, I'm I'm so excited about the the first major of the year, and um, and we had a good tournament last weekend as well, didn't we? So um, yeah, all, all good, all good. I think. Oh, glad uh, to hear it. I didn't score any runs on Saturday, but never mind. Who who cares about cricket? Yeah, but um, you sure, surely you're quite used to that by now. Indeed, exactly how I am, and so are my teammates. Um, Elliot, did you play any golf at the weekend? Uh, yeah, I played yesterday. Usual rubbish. Yeah, <laughs> I, I watched Arsenal win the FA Cup on Saturday, though, which was brilliant. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to supporting my second team, Brentford, tomorrow in the playoff final. Uh, so I'm doing a lot of watching sport at the moment. I'm not playing golf this weekend. And uh yeah, looking forward to the PJ Championship. First major in over a year. Bring it on. Elliot, are you still striking the ball like an 18 handicapper? Yeah, it's, it's horrendous. I've basically got the full swing yips. So oh I, I need a little break. At least you putt like a scratch golfer, eh? Yeah, there is that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you're not playing golf this weekend, Elliot? No, I was going to play in a competition, but I've, I've now withdrawn from it. Oh, dear. Um, obviously, slippery. obviously, to focus on on my work covering uh, <laughs> the action at TPC Harding Park. Indeed, indeed. Uh, yeah, you've got nothing to do. You just being useless at golf at the moment. Okay, well, that's that's fantastic. Nick, have you been playing any golf recently? I haven't played since Sunningdale Heath, and I'm playing this evening. Which, on the one hand, I'm looking forward to. On the other hand, I'm hitting every shot about fifty yards left at the moment, which is very unusual for me. So. I'm not really expecting much today, but you never know. Golf's a strange game, isn't it? You can stand on the tee, move your thumb to a slightly different position, and then all of a sudden you hit the ball really well. So hopefully one of those things will happen to me this evening. But uh, if I continue playing how I've been playing of late, it's going to be quite ugly. Well, that sounds great fun. Where, uh, where are you playing? Uh, at Waldingham. Where else? Yeah, so is this, is this the place you reckon you can break 60? I think on my day I could easily shoot 58 there, yeah. It's very easy. <laughs> Easily shoot fifty-eight. Okay, <laughs> <that> down. <laughs> um, anyway, I think we we'll stop talking about imaginary golf that is in your head and uh, start talking about some actual golf. Uh, starting with the WGC FedEx St Jude Invitational, which happened over the weekend. Justin Thomas won his thirteenth PGA Tour title to regain the world number one spot that he'd held for four weeks in 2018. He finished three shots clear of Brooks Kepka, Daniel Berger, Phil Mickelson, and Tom Lewis. JT becomes the third youngest man to win 13 PJ Tour titles since 1960 after Jack Nicklaus and uh, someone called Tiger Woods, both two pretty decent golfers. 
He's a month younger than McElroy was when he won his 13th title. How long do you think that he can now keep the world number one spot? He could, of course, lose it this week. Elliot, do you reckon he's going to stick with it for a while? Uh, yeah, judging on that performance yesterday and the fact that McElroy's not really in great form and and Ram had an off week, but I, I don't know if that's just because of the pressure of being world number one. But yeah, he, he looked really, really good, especially on the greens. He was second as well, wasn't he, to Colin Morikawa at the Workday Charity Open. Uh, so yeah, it's all going well for Thomas. He was only world number one for four weeks a couple of years ago. And I remember back then he said he wants to hold it for a very long time. So this is his chance to, to show us that again. Yeah, absolutely. And before we go any further, I must say, of course, that I tipped him last week as well. So that's uh, a good... I haven't, I haven't tipped a winner for a few months. Obviously, there was a, a big gap in between. Uh, I think it was Adam Scott I tipped the last time. So, uh, yeah, it's good that we actually picked a winner as well. But I thought he was absolutely fantastic. But it is going to be really tough for him to keep that world number one spot with so many good golfers around him. Kirkham, McElroy, Rahm. Nick, surely he's not going to be able to hold on to it for that long, is he? Well, I think he's going to lose it again next week because I'm just convinced that Brooks Koepka is going to win his third US PGA title in a row. But I mean, if that may or may not happen, but if it does, it shouldn't detract from Thomas's performance. Um, I mean, he's leading the PGA Tour in strokes gained T degree this season. I just think he's an absolutely phenomenal player. Such a lovely wedge game as well. Such great rhythm on those sort of... 50 to 125 yard shots and I think McElroy could learn a lot from watching Thomas and um, he's obviously as Elliot mentioned a very good putter too I remember speaking to Chris Wood our columnist probably three years back and I asked him who the best putter in the world was and he said Justin Thomas which actually took me by surprise at the time because I, he was renowned for being a very good ball striker but I didn't know that he was such a good putter but yeah Chris Wood said that he just played around with him watched him and he was just the smoothest putter he'd ever seen so you marry all those three things together going to be very successful as he been in, as he has been in his fledgling career so far. And, and he's quite easy to watch as well, isn't he? You know, he doesn't take too much time over the ball, gets on with it. And he's very likeable too. Yeah, he seems to, exactly. He does seem to be very, very likeable, a golfer, and he's just playing very, very well at the moment, isn't he? So, um, as you say, he's going to be tough him to hold on to that world, world number one spot. But I wouldn't be surprised if... I know you, you're convinced that uh, Kepka's going to win this week, but I wouldn't be surprised if Thomas won, uh, to, to be quite honest with you. And, of course, he has already won the PJ Championship in the past. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a really interesting uh, few months. With I think that the world number one spot could, uh, could change hands quite a few times. Before we uh, preview the PJ Championship, we're just going to go run through a few other things, which there seemed to be an awful lot of golf going on over the weekend, which was fantastic to see. But um, Sam Horsfield won his maiden European Tour title at the Hero Open, uh, which was played at Forest of Arden. Um, Nick, you watched a bit of this. I thought he played fantastically, didn't, didn't he? Oh, he's brilliant over the weekend. I mean, he came flying out of the traps on Saturday with three birdies in a row. I think he was three or four under after seven or eight holes of Sunday's round as well and, and naturally fell back a little bit towards the end, as you might expect, because he hasn't been in that position too many times before. And and fair play to Thomas Dietrich for shooting six under in the final round too. I mean, I sat there watching Dietrich wondering how he hasn't won a European Tour event yet. Sorry, an individual European Tour event yet. I know he won the World Cup with, with who was it, Colsarts or was it uh, Peters a couple of years back? Um but he, I mean, he looks a hell of a player to me. He got a glorious goal swing. And I know people in the industry think that he's going to be a superstar going forward. So near miss for him, but congratulations to Horsfield. And I'm sure Detry is going to notch his main title this season. 
Yeah, and it was again, it was great to see uh, another UK course getting some airtime. And, and Nick, I know you said that you thought Forest Garden looked spectacular. And it, we, we know it is a cracking course. And I'm sure that they, um, when they have the chance, they're going to get lots of bookings for people to go and play there uh, in the near future as well. Absolutely. Um, I, lo I love seeing a really tough par three closing hole as well. And that's not very popular with the pros because, you know, they'd prefer a gentle two shorter or a par five for the 18th. But I thought that was really, really good, really exciting. And mm. I really enjoyed there being cabbage everywhere off the tee on some holes as well. So it's quite nice seeing seeing players, you know, shouting for and then reaching to reload as we would do most of the time. I always sadistically found that found that quite enjoyable because you, you don't often get that these days. It's very rare that a golfer hits a wine and ends up in hideous bracken or something like that. So I thought that was quite fun to watch too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, someone else that uh, has some success at the weekend was Jim Furyk, who won on his PJ Tour Champions debut. Amazing how solid a golfer he is, isn't it, Elliot? <laughs> yeah, he's an absolute legend. Probably a bit of an unsung hero because people think of the likes of Tiger, Mickelson and Ernie Els, perhaps even Vijay Singh ahead of him, but... Yeah, uh, just a, a proven winner, major champion, and still going at 50. He only turned 50 in May as well, so this is his first start. Uh, I don't know if he's going to play on just the Champions Tour at the moment or if he's going to balance that with a main tour. But, uh, yeah, good on him. He, he's obviously going to have a lot of success on the over-50s tour. Uh, he's got a long way to go to beat Bernard Langer, but you know he might challenge it, you never know, because he's got a very flexible swing and... Yeah, just a, a really great golfer. Loved him. I, I think he'll probably pick and choose his schedule because there's no point in him playing events on 7,600-yard golf courses. But places like Harbour Town, he may continue to play on the PGA Tour because he has a genuine chance of competing at those venues. But Bombers tracks, I mean, what's the point in him teeing it up? Realistically, he's not going to win. So I think he'll pick and choose. Well, well, interesting. We probably should just quickly mention that he is playing the PGA Championship this week. Now, you, must, you might say, what, what does that matter? Well, when the 2015 WGC World Match Play was played there, he actually got to the semi-finals. So it's actually a course that he's done quite well on in the past. So he's very long odds. I think he's something around 250 to 1 or something like that. But, you know, with a, with a, a win under his belt, I wouldn't be surprised if he at least features in the top 20 or so. Uh, well, it's not, not a bomber's goal, of course, is it? So if he's going to challenge at any PGA Championship venue, you'd think it'd be this week. It's only 7,200 yeah. yards. Yeah, I mean, only. It means it's, fair. it's long enough, isn't it? But um, yeah, so I think that, yeah, that's, that we need to, to mention him and maybe that's our first potential pick of the, uh, of the podcast. Uh, a couple of other people that we need to mention who've had some success over the last week or so. World number four, Danielle Kang, won the LPGA Drive On Championship um, as the LPGA Tour restarted. And also Georgia Hall won again in the Rose Ladies Series. Uh, she won at the Shire ahead of this week's three-event finale, which we're all quite looking forward to. Elliot, it's been really cracking this uh, Rose Ladies series, hasn't it? And um, this week is obviously the finale, uh, and, and that finishes at Wentworth, doesn't it? Yeah, it's been really great to follow it, and Georgia Hall has, you know, really risen to the top. She's played five events now, finished second, 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 first, first. I think Charlie Hull played seven times, and Georgia Hall's now ahead of her. And uh, yeah, it looks like they're they're going to really go at it this week in the final. Got three events at North Hants, the Berkshire, and then there's a 36-person cut before the West Course at Wentworth. 20 grand to the winner, so that's brilliant. Uh, also, what you said there with Daniel Kang, 
Gemma Driver, who we would have heard of one twice on the Rose Lady series, she like you know aborted her chance to win the Order of Merit, went out to America, and she was fifth or sixth last week on the LPGA. So uh, obviously a really good decision for for her to do that. So good on her as well. And uh, yeah, there's just so much golf going on at the moment, which is you know brilliant for us covering the game. Absolutely, and. Um... Yeah, obviously, if people want to keep up to date with everything, do check out the Golf Monthly website and also our social media channels, Golf Monthly um, on Twitter and Instagram, and Golf Monthly Magazine on Facebook. We're not going to do a full preview of the European Tour event that's happening this week, but there is also the English Championship as well as the PJ Championship happening this week. The European Tour is at Hanby Manor, and Lee Westwood is actually teeing it up. I mean, a lot of people think that he should have taken the time to fly over to play in the PGA Championship, but it's great that he is actually teeing up this week in some form. Uh, I would have liked to have seen him gone to play the major as arguably the greatest player of his era, never to win a major. Um, time's running out for Westy, unfortunately, in terms of getting one of those big four. And uh, yeah, just personally, I would have liked to have seen him play it, but obviously it's his own life, it's his own safety, so you've got to respect his decision. I mean, it's yeah. a golf course I feel he could, he could contend at, um, so it's, an, it's a shame for that reason as well. But as you say, cases are on the rise again in the States. I mean, what, 60,000-odd cases in the day? California's been hit particularly hard. So, of course, I think everyone can understand his reasons for skipping the event. Yeah, yeah and I think, you think you're right. He could have actually had – he could have done quite well. I mean, again, looking back at when they played there in 2015 – I think he got through his group. Uh, he won all three of the uh, the matches that he played in, including against Spieth, and Spieth was playing pretty well at that point. So, um, it, yeah, it's maybe a shame. It's maybe a missed opportunity. But as you say, it's, it's his it's his cho- choice, isn't it? Yeah, completely. It's just my personal opinion, which, uh, you know, everyone's entitled to. And he'll <laughs> say- oh, absolutely, Elliot. Which, absolutely. Uh, which counts for very little. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I think yeah, what you're saying is that yes, you're a big Lee Westwood fan, and you want him win a major. That's the thing, isn't it? So, um, uh, but obviously, it's his choice. So, uh, let's talk about the PJ Championship. It is the first major of 2020, and it's the first major in would you believe it in over a year. Uh, the last was uh, Port Rush in July 2019. Should have been the second major of the year and being played in May following the Masters, but of course, everything's been changed around so it's actually back to where it was a couple of years ago being played in August. Last year Brooks Kepka won his second consecutive Wanamaker trophy despite shooting four over in the final round. He beat Dustin Johnson by two at Bethpage Black with Matt Wallace, Jordan Smith and Patrick Cantlay in third. Ellie you want to chat about your favourite PJ Championship memories uh, and I know Nick, I know what Nick's is going to be because he thinks that it's the best shot ever in the history of golf. So, Nick, do you want to start about what's your favourite moment from past PJ Championships? I'm pretty sure I talked about this on the podcast a couple of weeks back. But, yeah, my, my favourite would be 2009, um, Hazel Teen, Y.E. Yang taking down, Y.E. Yang slaying Tiger Woods, a man who had never relinquished a 54-hole lead in a major championship before that event and hitting an absolutely sensational hybrid over the corner of the trees to about 12 feet to, to close it out on the 72nd. I just thought it was... A fabulous event, and obviously Yang, the image of Yang hoisting his golf, his tailor-made golf bag in the air afterwards is quite an enduring one, and we use it quite often in the magazine. Uh, just a fantastic event. And I also, another one that I remember quite fondly from my younger years was the 2003 PGA, when Sean McKeel hit seven iron to about three inches on the last hole to to, to close out a victory. That was a good one too. Elliot, what's, what's your favourite memories from this event? 
Uh, I, I would have to say 2010 at Whistling Straits. I, I remember it was, a, it was a brilliant final round. A very young Rory McIlroy would have been 21 years of age at that time, I, I would imagine. And uh, yeah, I think he came fourth or something. It's just great seeing Rory in his full stride and you could just see that he was going to have an incredible career. But then DJ looked like he was going to win. Um, obviously, what happened on the last happened where he, he grounded his club in that sand area. And then just a very bizarre playoff between Martin Keimer and Bubba Watson, where Bubba just randomly hit a six iron straight into the middle of the water. Um, and yet just seeing Keimer, a European who was very good on the European tour at that point, but we never really thought he'd win a major, uh, rise to the occasion, win a major. And uh, yeah, it was just a great day. I, I really enjoyed that one. I think Keimer hold a 15-footer to get into the playoff, didn't he? It was very exciting. Yeah, yeah. And then... Um, I think Bubba birdied the first playoff hole because it was a three-hole playoff. That's right. And, um, and then Kaima birdied the 17th, that really tough par three along the water. And then Bubba just had an absolute nightmare on the 18th hole. That's I mean, yeah. it's, What holes to play in the playoff as well, 17 and 18, and just both absolutely brutal holes. Yeah, I remember that really fondly. And then Day was imperious, wasn't he, in 2015 at the same venue. That was when he was completely dominant and he didn't yeah. like anyone could get near him at the top of the world rankings. And now he's suffering with all sorts of injuries and ailments and down at 43rd in the world or something like that. So it just shows you how quickly things can change. Yeah, it's such a great major. Like you talk about Sean McKill and Wai Yang, like where are they now? And um, even Rich Beam was, uh, was kind of like a flash in the pan. But then you've got Tiger Woods has won it four times in the last 20 odd years. All the greats have won this event as well. So it's, um, yeah, it's just throwing up some great storylines over the years. And I think it's a little bit harsh that it is considered the weakest of the four majors, but at the end of the day, it is still a major. And uh, it's probably got the best trophy as well, I'd say. Well, it's actually very hard to win, isn't it? Because there is, it's, the field isn't particularly restricted as per kind of the Masters, say. You know, it's the top 100 in the world that typically get to play. And we know that on their day, anyone from within the world's top 100 could win a professional golf event. So you have to fight off even more players who are potentially in good form to win the Wanamaker sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. It has brought up some great memories over the years and some great moments. I think the ones that you, uh, again, haven't mentioned, Harrington, of course, winning 2008. I actually remember Rory winning what in his first in 2012, that Kiowa. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, went away from the rest of... Uh, Everything and, and and you know it, it has had some great great moments over the years and it's but it's a major tournament, isn't it? You know all the all the golf majors have memorable moments and I think we're just all really glad that we're actually going to have have one to watch this week. Um, so look, look looking ahead to this week, there's a few big potential headlines. Kepka could become the first man to win three consecutive PGA Championships since Walter Hagen did in 1927. Spieth could complete a career Grand Slam. McIlroy could win his first major in six years. And, of course, Tiger Woods is playing and could win his 16th major and what would be his fifth Wanamaker trophy. Um, Elliot, do you want to give us a bit of a, a, a rundown on the course, TPC Harding Park in San Francisco? And um, a bit of the history of that? Uh, yeah, I can try. So it was founded in 1925 in the southwest side of San Francisco, uh, very near to the Olympic Club, where Webb Simpson won the US Open in 2012. And uh, in the shadows of that, obviously, and it even acted as a car park for it one time, I think back in the 80s at the US Open. Uh, but yeah, it's a stunning looking golf course, very tree-lined with 
mature pines that I think are actually near the end of their lives. Um, yeah, so accuracy is going to be the key this week. It's only 7,200 yards long, although it is at sea level, so that shouldn't make it play too short. And I've seen some footage and the rough looks very, very thick. And apparently the fairways are 60% of their usual width. So if you're looking for a winner, I think it's going to be somebody high up on that strokes gain tee to green side, which uh, Justin Thomas is top, according to Nige. So that could bode well for him. Um, but yeah, it should be good. It's going to be a very late night, though, which is going to be tough for us in the UK. But hopefully we can all stay up and watch the final moments. Now, what are you talking about, Elliot? It extends the weekend. Uh, it will be fun and I'm looking forward to seeing the potentially two drivable par fours at the 7th and 16th and I always think that a drivable par four adds a really excellent element to a tournament so I'm glad to see that there are potentially two at this event and I know we're saying it's quite short for major standards but there's still seven par fours that are at least 460 yards long so as Elliot said I mean I'd be looking at strokes gained off the tee and strokes gained approach the green to inform my uh, my picks on who I think is going to win. Yep, so come on then, let's let's move on to the picks then, before we then move on to the very uh, tricky quiz which is coming up, which everyone should be very excited about. So Elliot, you can go first. Who do you fancy then, after all you've just said about the course? Um, you know, obviously, off the tee is going to be really important, so who, you, who, who are you picking? Uh, my number one pick would have to be Bryson DeChambeau, I think. Um, He's not won a major yet. He's not had the best results in majors, but I think he's an absolute class player. He's a class act in terms of, you know, he's a professional, he's he's a winner, he's got the mentality of a winner. And all that he's done in the gym, all the work he's done is to win majors, to progress his career. And yeah, this could be the week. So yeah, he'd be my number one pick. Uh, I, I still like the look of Tiger Woods. He got the rust off at the Memorial. He, he was playing at TPC Harden Park this weekend. Perhaps he's going to use his three with a lot of the tees. If, if he can putt well, if he's playing well, there's nobody better than him, especially at grinding and making a score. So I like him at about 35 to 1. I think you can get him longer than 35 to 1. I've, I've been looking. You can actually, I think, get him close to 40 to 1, actually. Uh, so, and and DeChambeau's around 16 to 1, just so people know that as well. Nick, Nick who, who do you like the look of? Well, I have to say, sorry, Elliot, that I don't agree with either of his picks there. I mean, obviously, they could go on and win, but I don't think it's a DeChambeau-type course. He's got quite a poor major record, so he needs to prove some things to me in the majors. And the thick rough, his power game is going to be somewhat eliminated by that. I don't see it as a DeChambeau course. However, he is putting very well, and I think he was top three in the putting stats again last week, so that's very encouraging for him. Uh, Woods, I just think he's too rusty. I, I don't see it. I think there are too many other good people in form, to be honest with you, but obviously nothing would surprise you with Woods. Uh, I'm going to go for Patrick Cantley, a man I sometimes mention, because he's averaging 1.77 strokes gained tee to green so far this season and more than one stroke gain on the field approach. Uh, he tied for third last year, and he's a great ball striker, decent putter, and I think it's his time to win a major championship. Someone else I'll be looking at as an outsider would be Matt Fitzpatrick, mm -hmm. and two kind of random side notes. For some reason, I can't get Bubba Watson out of my head. I don't really know why, because he's not been playing great golf, although he did have a good final round last week. I've just got this weird feeling about Bubba and I would say as well that as poor as Justin Rose has been recently you can get him at 66 to 1 which is just extraordinarily long for a player of his calibre so as ever Nick's been asked for two tips and he's given us four but uh, well, th thanks thanks, Nick for all that insight we need it so my tips are firstly Webb Simpson 
He is 30 to 1, which is ridiculously long for someone who's world number four and has won twice in the last seven starts. Uh, also, did you mention that he, he did win the major at the Olympic Club? Is that right? Yeah, you mentioned yep. that, yeah. Yep. So I think, you know, he, he's very, very solid tee to green. I think his odds are way too long to, to ignore. And I think he just is going to do very well. And then, a, do, you, do you remember when he won at the Olympic Club? There was that funny clip of the Birdman going, caw, caw, in the background during the trophy presentation. <laughs> it wasn't in the background. It was in the foreground. He, he ran in front of the trophy presentation. <laughs> yeah, I, I, can, I can never forget that. Uh, I think we had to do a web post on it. But, uh, and then the other person who is an outsider who I think we should definitely be looking at is Louis Oosthuizen, who is 100 to 1 this week, if you can find that. And uh, he was sixth last week. And then when they played here in 2015 at the World Match Play, he got to the quarterfinals. So I just think he's far too long, again, to ignore. And someone who has played very well in the majors in the past. So that's my two picks. I'm only going to do two. But I have been writing up and I have five picks which I will be writing up and posting on the Golf Company website in the very near future. So to check out all uh, all my tips, especially, remember, I did pick the winner last week, so I'm obviously in great form. Uh, do go to the Golf Company website or Google Golf Ready Tips and click on our posts. I'm very interested in seeing how Hovland and Morikawa do this year. Um, this is kind of their first major since they're really established out on tour. And look at the world rankings. Colin Morikawa's 12th. And Victor Hovland's probably somewhere around 30th. And they're both really good off the tee, both really good tee to green. So it should suit them. It's just, I don't know whether the occasion will get to them or not. But yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see how those guys go this week. Yeah, there's, there's absolutely so many potentials out there. It's a re- I think it's really open this week. Um, I think there's so many people who have been playing very well, uh, which is great. And obviously, we ha- it's been a year since the last major. It's been ridiculous. So actually... <laughs> These guys haven't had a chance to play in these majors. So everyone's a bit rusty. Everyone's going to be nervous. I think it's going to be a really exciting finish. So um, we'll wait and see. But I'm going to move on to the thing that you've all been waiting for, which is the quiz. So there's 10 questions. I can, I'm just about to ask you if anyone's got a pen and paper, and all I can hear is rustling a pen and paper. Is that you, Nick? Sorry, yes, it is. I mean, you could not make more noise if you wanted to. Um, so 10 questions. Uh, play along at home. We'll, we'll say all 10 and then uh, we'll, we'll go back through the answers. But it's all around the PJ Championship. We haven't done the quiz for a while, uh, but I thought we'd, we'd get it involved again this week. Uh, it's Elliot versus Nick in a head-to-head battle to see who is the greatest PJ Championship quizzer, the title both of them really, really want. Uh, are you ready? Have you both got pen and paper? Absolutely. Yeah. Although I don't fancy my chances against Elliot. Okay, well, no, I, I don't. I haven't done any revisions. Don't make excuses. Don't make excuses. Let's just get on with it. Right, okay. So, question one. Bruce Kupka won the 2019 PGA Championship. Who was one or up? Nice, easy start there, especially as I think we've already mentioned it in the podcast. Question two. Another pretty easy one. Which two golfers have won the PGA Championship the most times? You both got answers? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Little pause there. Uh, question three. Who won the last pro tournament played at TPC Harding Park? Silence. Uh, question four. 
When the President's Cup was played at TPC Harding Park in 2009, one player won five points from five. Who was it? Question five. In what year was the first PJ Championship played? Oh, there was a little gasp of frustration there from someone. Uh, question six. One player in the 2020 PJ Championship field can complete the career Grand Slam of majors if he wins. Who is it? Uh, next question is question number seven. What was special about the 1958 PGA Championship? What was special about the 1958 PGA Championship? Oh, oh. I have a theory. Well, okay. Well, An you know, I'm, guess. I'm not after. I'm not after theories here. I'm after a correct answer. I think I'm doing quite well on this. Yeah, I would <laughs> It's a very friendly quiz with the odd tricky one. Question eight. This might be tricky. Which golf club has hosted the PGA Championship on the most occasions? This will sort out the men from the boys. Sorted me out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, question nine, nice and easy. What is the name of the trophy that the players compete for at the PJ Championship? And question 10, what course will host the 2021 PJ Championship? Oh, come on, really? Yep. Elliot, do you know the answer to that question? <laughs> I genuinely don't. No, nor do I. <laughs> disappointing, disappointing. Have a guess. Right. Now for the answers. Everyone ready? Yeah. Mm. I've, I've, got Nick, I've got Nick on video and I haven't got Elliot on video. And Nick is still <laughs> still pondering, I think, on one of them. Anyway, so I'm going to take it in. You can take it in turns to answer the questions. Uh, and then we go from there. Okay, so question one. Elliot, you can go first. Cook won the 2019 PJ Championship. Who was runner-up? DJ. Nigel? Uh, Dustin Johnson, yeah, with Matt Wallace coming in third. Yeah, so the answer is Dustin Johnson. Question two. Nick, if you could give your answer. Who, which two golfers have won the PGA Championship the most times? Is it Nicholas and Walter Hagen? Elliot, what did you put? Oh, I've, <laughs> I've put Tiger Woods and Walter Hagen. What am I doing? Yep, that, that, so the correct answer was Nicholas and Borthagen. Uh So half a mark for Elliot, one point for Nick there. And also Elliot, disappointing. That was question. just a complete brain fart. Yeah, well, it happens. Right, question three. Who won the last pro tournament played at TPC Harley Park? Uh, Elliot? Uh, Rory McIlroy. Uh, Nick? McIlroy. Yeah, that's correct. 2015 WGC or match play. Question four. When the President's Cup was played at TPC Hardy Park in 2009, one player won five points from five. Who was it? Nicholas. I thought initially it was Steve Stricker, but I then changed it to Tiger Woods. Elliot? Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is the correct answer. Steve Stricker lost his singles match. Um, question five. This is for you, Elliot. In what year was the first PJ Championship played? 1930 was my guess 1930 okay nick i guess that 1929 
Seems <laughs> 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 very, very close answers, and uh, I'm not going to give one for the nearest because uh, that's not how we play it. The correct answer was 1916. Okay, so you both miles out. Uh, question six: One player in the 2020 PGA Championship field can complete the career Grand Slam of major wins if he wins. Who is it? Nick? Jordan Spieth. Elliot? Yeah, Jordan Spieth. Yeah, that's correct. Question seven. What was special about the 1958 PGA Championship? Elliot? Uh, Was it the first championship to be played with stroke play? Nick, what's your answer? I've written change to stroke play. That is the correct answer. Four, well, I went to a bonus point. So do you, can anyone tell me who won? Walter Hagen? No, you would never. It's someone like that. No. Tommy Armour. It was Dow Finstervold. Oh, really? cool. <laughs> I don't think I would have got that in a long, long time. Uh, question eight. Which golf club has hosted the PGA Championship on the most occasions? Nick. It's a pure guess. I've written Valhalla. Elliot? Uh, Bolter's Roll. The correct answer is Southern Hills. Mm. Four occasions. So no points for you there. Question nine. What is the name of the trophy that the players compete for at the PGA Championship? Uh, Elliot? Uh, the Wanamaker Trophy. Nick, do you concur? I do concur. That's the correct answer. So that's nine nine uh, answers. Should we... Should we Amp up the tension here. What's the scores on the doors at the moment, Nick? How many you got at the moment? I have seven. Elliot? Uh, I have six and a half because I messed up the second question. Oh, so it's, it's, a, it's a, a crucial deciding question, which Nick will give his answer first. So w- what course will host the 2021 PGA Championship? Nick? I wrote Crooked Stick. Elliot? I went for Hazeltine. So... Crooked stick is the wrong answer, Nick. Elliot, you've got it, I believe. So Elliot has a chance to win it if he's right. Uh, what did you say, Elliot? Uh, Hazeltine, I bet it's wrong. It's wrong. It's Kiwa oh. Island. Kiwa Island will host it in 2021, which means that the winner of the PGA Championship quiz for 2020 is Nick Bonfield. Whoop, whoop. Well, I think, I think I've probably benefited from that being quite a gentle quiz. Well, you know, it's gentle, but you've still only got 7 out of 10. Hmm. Uh, it's, it's all about, you know, we want people to be able to get some answers right, not have what is the price of the ticket. No, you're right. But as, as a general rule, I'm, I'm good at players and not so good at venues. So to see two venue questions wasn't ideal for me. Oh, OK. I, I do apologise. Please uh, bear that in mind for the future, yeah? I, I will, I will. <laughs> uh, hopefully you guys uh, listening did better than the other guys. Uh, I, I reckon might have done. I reckon seven or eight is not a bad answer. Though. Seven out of ten is a first-class oh, degree. I'll take that. I think that's pretty pretty decent, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. So, um, this week, what have we got planned, Elliot, at, at, whilst we're covering the event? Anything exciting? Well, we'll be covering all the action, The uh, all you need to know about the course, the players, the tee times, what's in the bag, the caddies. Um, yeah, all the big stories from the week we'll cover on the website uh, so, yeah, really looking forward to it. We're going to be working hard and we're going to be watching it all. Yeah, and I can't wait. It's, and as, as Elliot said, we're going to be doing full coverage all over the Golf Monthly website and, and social media channel. So do check it out and uh, keep up to date with everything that's going on and all the 
the latest gossip and uh, action and calamities and hilarity and um, success, which people will be uh, will be feeling all week. Uh, thanks, guys, for both getting involved with the first major podcast of the year. Nick, good luck with golf later on. Thank you, Looking, forward to, looking forward to you hit, uh, to hearing you shoot fifty nine or whatever you're going to do. Fifty eight. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry. And uh, <laughs> and uh, and Elliot, uh, try and be a bit more a uh, bit, bit more positive about your own golf game. You know, could <laughs> uh, but until next week, when we'll be of course covering all the news uh, um, and covering who. Who won? Who was victorious uh, in San Francisco? Thanks for listening. Please do, of course, subscribe to the podcast on your usual provider and enjoy the golf this week. Of course, remember to follow us on social media and check out the Golf Company website. Speak to you all next week. <laughs>